on this episode of Why Watch That. So wait a minute, we have to have, is the 50 year mark the period piece standard? It's whenever I wasn't born. <laughs> that is a period piece. Whenever I wasn't in high school, okay? Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have that. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. So. <laughs> She's one of those weird, interesting actresses who picks her projects very, very carefully. She picks interesting things. You just never know who she is. <laughs> just, I feel like she's a, such a chameleon and she's able to be on screen for quite some time. And you go, oh my gosh. Anthony Hopkins was talking about how he was so thankful that they waited for him to do The Father because he was filming The Two Popes. Ah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about how now he's getting all of these great roles and he can't believe his luck. <laughs> are you kidding me? That's Who has Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman was laughing going, I can't believe you were talking about we're waiting for you and you're getting these great roles. I mean, you're Anthony Hopkins. Right, <laughs> sir, Anthony. Come on, let's get yeah. that right. Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. While nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why Watch, watch that. This episode of Why Watch That is supported by Entrepreneur Meal Plan. It helps leaders and professionals feed their bodies and businesses well. You know, Critic, I got mm. a chance to attend a wonderful event by EMP here uh -oh. in Los Angeles. And it was so amazing because Brandy Cochran was able to gather people from all sorts of walks of life. We were able to gather together, have real talk, and some real good food too. Mm -hmm. It was a hit. It's food for the soul and the body, which is so hard to find. So if you want to learn more about Entrepreneur Meal Plan, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, go to entrepreneurmealplan.com. The Why Watch That Talk. Well, listeners, we're back. You know, I had to take a little second, but guess who carried on? <laughs> the critic, of course. I was lonely. I missed you. Oh, you were fine. You were just fine. But I tell you what, you're not that lonely because you've been snuggled up with a lot of AFI um, showings. So I don't know how lonely you could have been going full steam ahead like you've been doing. My goodness. I tell you what, I think we found the critic's niche. <laughs> If you offer a film festival and it's strictly online, he will cover it. So I'm just saying, I think there's a new thing happening here and I'm not mad at it. The fact of the matter is, unfortunately, the AFI Film Festival is ending and all good things must come to an end. And I don't really foresee, you know, we got Sundance early on next year. I don't know if we're gathering for that. So yeah. again, we may see the critic <laughs> really go ham. Well, now, because, you, gotta, you know, South by Southwest has already announced. Yes. And they're after yes. Sundance. They're going online. In March. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they're, and which makes sense. It's a tech-based kind of experience anyway. Right. And I just cannot imagine anyone flying up to, you know, Park City <laughs> to during this time. So yeah. this may be our thing just put it that way, may be a good thing for us at Why Watch That. 
Now, you, since the last review of the AFI Film Festival, you got a chance to see seven more. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> seven more movies and, you know, also some animated, some not. Mm-hmm. Things that are coming to us rather quickly and things that we don't quite know all the details about. First thing you got to see was Wolf Walkers. Now, that is coming to us pretty quickly to Apple TV+. Plus. It is a feature film, but it's also animated. So why are we covering this? I have a feeling you're going to tell us why. Yeah, the reason is it's uh, the final part of a trilogy of animated films from uh, the team that did The Secret of Kells years ago that was Oscar nominated and it was beautiful. It's hand-drawn animation. So I was like, look, I'm at this film festival. They have this one, why not watch it? Um, Song of the Sea is the second one and now Wolf Walkers. And we're in 17th century Ireland and there is a, a father and his daughter. They've moved from England because he is a hunter of wolves. The wolves are plaguing this Irish town. The Lord Protector is like, hey, you got to get rid of them. But something happens with his daughter and the wolves because wolf walkers are people who shapeshift into wolves when they fall asleep. So if you okay. want to rid if you want to rid the forest of wolves, you might be getting rid of people. What's that like? How does the daughter get involved? How does the father get involved? How does the town get involved? Um, so this, like you said, will be on Apple TV Plus. It's October 30th. We will do a full review of all of these things closer to their release dates. But as a little tease, I'll say, here's the question. Where does this fit in the trilogy? Is it the best or not? Also, is it a worthy end of the trilogy or not? I'll tell you this to end it. The animation is like this. It's like if you have a colored pencils and chalk. Does that work? Mm. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Now, you also got a chance to see Pink Skies Ahead, which was acquired by MTV Studios. And this was a special presentation. Um, I personally hadn't heard much about it, but you were curious enough to take a dip and see what this was all about. Yeah, and it actually is a period piece um, set in L.A. in 1998. Is that a period piece now? Oh, gosh. (laughs) It is. Is it? it? It's 22 years ago. Is it? Oh, I can't. I'm going to plug my ears. You keep talking. (laughs) I know. It is so strange. It's it's so strange. (laughs) It's 22 years ago. You know, when people talk about the 80s, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's like 30 years, 40 years ago. My gosh, I can't even. So we're in L.A. and uh, the lead character, uh, Winona, she has just come back to live with her parents after going to college and leaving. Okay, not because she couldn't hack it, because college isn't for her. She didn't like what her professors were telling her. She's a writer. They don't know what you're talking about. So she's back home with mom and dad. Okay, and you know, what is she doing? Does she have a future? And we come to find that she's having these moments of anxiety. She kind of brushes them off. Now, one of these moments leads to her seeing her pediatrician, who's played by Henry Winkler. And he's looking at her like, uh, I'm a pediatrician. You are no longer a child. (laughs) You need to find a real doctor. And he suggests that she see 
someone who is good at mental health, a mental health professional, played by Mary J. Blige, by the way. Oh, okay. So, okay, she goes to the, to the you know, Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige gives her a diagnosis, but what does she do with it? And how does this uh, help her or not as she traverses terrain unknown? How does it uh, get in the way, for instance, if she's trying to date somebody with her friends, with her parents, who, by the way, are played by Marsha Gay Harden. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So she's the mother. And you know the father if you saw him. You won't know him by name, though. So that's the question in this period piece. And no. really the question is, is it going to balance comedy and drama in a way that's compelling to depict mental health issues? That's its goal. Did it succeed? Well, when we get a release date, you'll find out. Well, it's interesting already. Uh, my antennas are up because MTV Studios acquired this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's going to be a very interesting take on mental health. Yeah. Moving on, you got to see Uncle Frank, which comes to us um, to Amazon Studios on November 26th. Now, tell me. Is this Amazon Prime or is it Amazon? Are they going to really, because it's around Thanksgiving. Are they going to try and release this in the theaters? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I would assume because of Amazon's strategy yeah. that it will be possibly theatrical. You know, they'll do a limited release and maybe a little later they'll then put it on uh, Prime Video because they've been doing that like a week apart. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. you got a chance to see it, and I think you text me about it. I'll go for or something like that, or maybe I'm I'm daydreaming. It's been a lot. Um, <laughs> and this comes to us from the director from Six Feet Under and True Blood, Alan Ball, the director and writer. So he has a track record of you know get delivering many things that you like, critic, especially Six Feet Under, that last episode um, that you really, really enjoyed. But this is not at all Six Feet Under or True Blood. No, it's not. Um, But maybe one of the themes from those shows is here. So Uncle Frank is played by Paul Bettany, okay? And the narrator of this um, is Beth. So this is her uncle, obviously. And they have a family gathering. There's tension between Uncle Frank and his father, her grandfather. Uh-oh, played by Stephen Root, by the way. Mm-hmm. Which is okay. great, by the way. Yes. <laughs> uh, and this is set in the 60s, then it goes into the 70s. Okay. Now that's a period piece. <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute. We have to have, is the 50-year mark the period piece standard? It's whenever I wasn't born. <laughs> That is a period piece. Whenever I wasn't in high school, okay? Oh, gosh. (laughs) All right, so we have that. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. So, so they, you know, they live in the South, Mm. and that has a part to play here. And by the way, excuse me, Margaret Martindale is the grandma. Hello. Okay. And we have some other people popping up who you'll see uh, and you'll know when you see them. So, you know, at first you're like, oh, look at this family, all of these people. I mean, Steve Zahn is is one of his brothers and, and is Beth's uh, father and so on and so forth. So what happens is he, Uncle Frank and Beth, they are pretty close. Beth really likes him. He takes an interest in her. He tells her, look, you can come to New York 
That's where he's teaching at NYU. Come here for college. I'll take care of you, essentially. She goes. When she goes, she finds out the truth. Uh-oh. About it, Uncle Frank. It's revealed in a trailer. So if you do reveal it, it's okay. I watched yeah. I mean, the trailer reveals what that is. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's gay. Now, this is not something he's open about, of course, with his family. And when you go down south at mm. this time, you can't just, you know, be open and proud. You might not come back. And there's something from his past that also informs this. And is this the reason why he and his father don't really get along? That's the mm. question. And what is Beth going to find out? Is she going to be able to help Uncle Frank or not? Will she have the same view of him or not when she finds this out? So the question is, is this the best of Adam Ball? Like you said, six feet under, uh, early seasons of True Blood, or the not so best of Alan Ball, later seasons of True Blood and other things? You'll find out closer to Thanksgiving. Well, I am curious, I, especially something like that. What kind of weight does it carry now that we're in a society where things are much, much different, even in the South. Exactly. So we'll see how that works out. You also got a chance to say, to see, I carry you with me. Oh, <laughs> that's coming to us from Sony Pictures um, a little bit after the new year on January 8th. And this was a world cinema pick. So that's going to tell us and inform us of some things. And you, um, you know, you're comparing this possibly or people are to the tree of life, moonlight. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I feel about one and you know how I feel about the other. So it's a mixed bag for me right now. I'm not saying you compared it to, but it has been said. Mm -hmm. um, and let's just see what happens there. Yes. Um, so this is set in Mexico. And it's focusing on two main characters, Ivan and uh, Gerardo. And Ivan is in a bind here. So this uh, spans uh, several decades, uh, starting, I believe, in 1994 as the central story and moving forward to now. So Ivan has a son. Uh, he doesn't have a wife. The son's mother, there's something going on there in their relationship. He loves his son, wants to see his son, wants to take care of his son. He does so. Um, but the mother of his son is the one who determines when he can see the son or not. Mm. Of course, he has a family, all of that. And he has a best friend who knows the truth about him. Here we go. Coming off of Uncle Frank and right. now in this. Yeah, he's gay at a time. You, again, you can't be out and open and be safe at all. Uh, so he meets when he goes to a club with his uh, best friend, Gerardo, and they hit it off. But Gerardo's family, uh, he better be careful. I'll put it uh, down. Mm -hmm. Now, they are a family of means. They have a, a farm or a ranch, something like that, all of that. So, you know, he's got to weigh those things as well. But he is much more free with who he is than Yvonne is. Mm. Mm. So they're facing obvious homophobia in Mexico at the time. And they, they know some people who've been crossing over to go to the States. Now, if you go to the States, maybe it's better on the homophobia front, but it's worse on the immigrant front. OK. Oh, yeah. On the racist front. So what are you going to do? Also, for Yvonne, he knows 
if his family and the mother of his son find out about who he really is, he won't be able to see his son. Mm. So there's a lot riding on this. But the thing is, the love between the two of them, is that going to be enough to override all of this? And where will they end up being? Are they going to stay in Mexico? What, what they know and are familiar with and how to navigate? Or are they going to move to the States to try to have a better future, even though that presents other challenges? Uh, so this movie is very interesting because the reason they're talking about Moonlight is there are three time periods they show when they're really young, and then the main storyline when they're around their 20s, maybe a little younger to start, and then when they're older at the present time. So that's the moonlight kind of thing. Tree of Life, maybe they're talking about that because it it kind of just flows from moment to moment. Um, I didn't really think of either of these movies watching this. Mm. But what did I think about? That's the question. Well, in January, when it releases, you'll get my full reaction to that. Does it stand up? Because, you know, I love both Tree of Life and Moonlight. Yes, you do. Does it stand up to those? I won't tell you right now. Ooh, letting us just linger in that. <laughs> Wander Darkly was another world cinema selection that you got to see, which come is coming to us from Lionsgate on December 11th. So that's not too, too far away. It will be on demand, but however, Lionsgate has decided to release it in some select theaters, which, okay. Uh, Tara or Tara Miel is the director of the Sienna Miller and Diego Luna, Luna are, are popping in. And uh, anytime Sierra Miller pops in, she does, she's one of those weird, interesting actresses who picks her projects very, very carefully. She picks interesting things. You just never know who she is. <laughs> just, I feel like she's a, such a chameleon and she's able to be on screen for quite some time. And you go, oh my gosh, that's Sierra Miller. So, you know, what's going on here? This is world cinema. So this is not something that maybe we're used to from Sierra or maybe it is. Let's check it out and see what you find, what you found with Wander Darkly. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, by the way, with the world cinema at AFI, it's very interesting, Ref. It really just means anywhere in the world. It doesn't. Oh, interesting. It, yeah, it could be in the United States. Um, so I was, because huh. at first, you know, you're like, okay, this is from, you know, outside of the country. No, because Uncle Frank was world cinema. Get out. Mm hmm. That's very, very interesting. Okay. that's It's very different from Sundance and other film festivals. Okay. Exactly. Um, so in Wander Darkly, yeah, it focuses on Sienna Miller and Diego Luna. I mean, hello, you cast them. It's their movie. Right. Um, and what we see is they're together. They're living together. They have a young baby daughter, but they ain't married. Why not? Mm. And they go out for a date night and there's some tension between them. We don't quite know exactly why. So they're at this date night and Tori Kittle's character shows up and that causes something else, another reaction. When it comes to Diego Luna's character, Mateo, looking at Sienna Miller's character, Adrian. But she also has a reason to turn it back on him. Uh-oh. Now, after this date night, they get back in the car, something major happens, which throws this completely off. We're in uncharted territory. Now, Adrian is flashing forward to the future. She's going back to the past. 
why she's having an extended out of body body experience and we're having it with her oh at first you're like is she dead i won't tell you Mm. but then when she goes back into the past she's joined by mateo they're rehashing certain moments in their lives trying to get to the truth what were you really thinking what were you really up to they weren't trusting each other. Can they come to trust each other after this exploration? Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. But is it as interesting as it sounds when you watch it? That's I, mm-hmm. I will tell you this. Uh, Sienna Miller and Diego Luna know how to act. Yeah. But does the execution work? Mm-hmm. Well, in December, you'll find out. Ooh, gosh, you are not giving up any <laughs> tea today. Um, let's move on to my little sister. I don't have a little or little sister. I'm talking about the movie. <laughs> it is another world cinema selection, but I think this maybe would be traditionally what we would feel is world cinema because it comes to us from the Swiss. Yes, exactly. and it's a it's a drama. Um, it looks like a very short, you know, one hour, 39 minutes in and out. You know, the Swiss are very conscious of time. <laughs> so they're not going to linger. I don't know if that's really the case, but you got a chance to see my little sister. Oh, yeah. They make uh, great watches. So, yes. Look, um, really, let me tell you, Raph, a lot of these movies weren't that long. I was so pleased. I, you always are pleased about that. Because why am I sitting here this long? You gotta earn my time. But what? It's no. done. <laughs> I don't think there was of the movies that I've talked about. I don't think there was one where I was like, "Oh my goodness, what is going on with this runtime?" Wow. But um, my question is, you are also in your snuggie watching these, <laughs> <laughs> eating oh, raw well, potatoes. <laughs> now look, we. I did seven in our midpoint review, and now we're doing another seven. That's fourteen. I actually checked out five other films that I'm not. Oh my gosh. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and meanwhile, I'm traveling all over this country trying to avoid the Rona. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So, you know, not everything really clicked. Um, but the ones I'm reviewing, it doesn't mean I really like them either. (laughs) Just means I finished. We'll find out though. We'll find out. So my little sister is about two twin siblings, uh, a brother and, uh, sister okay Okay. um and the brother's like two minutes older so but he has just gone or is going through something very harrowing he has leukemia his sister uh you know donated something so he could have a transplant so he needs to recover uh they he's supposed to be staying in berlin with their mother but that relationship (laughs) when you see it at the beginning you're like oh my goodness he quickly decides to go stay with his sister who lives in switzerland now she has a husband she has two uh, children and her husband works at a top school in switzerland it's one of the top 10 in the world oh now she is a writer a playwright but she hasn't written in a long time why not and her brother is a major stage actor in Berlin. So he really wants to get back on stage. He wants to do Hamlet. Mm. Is he up to it? Will the uh, theater director allow it? And mm. what will happen if he can't act? Also, what's going to happen with this transplant? The husband, he decides to take out the brother to do something very You would go, wait a minute, what are you doing? And this spirals out of control, at least to all kinds of of aftershocks. And in the end, the question is, 
when it comes to the sister, who's, uh, by the way, played by Nina Haas, who was in Homeland, if you've seen that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to her, uh, Lisa is her name. She has to make some decisions. Where is she going to focus her energy? On her husband, who has certain things he wants to do that she may not agree with, or on her brother, who needs some help, and who is in a precarious situation? And where does she fit? Who is she? Can she find herself in the midst of all of this chaos? So, like you said, it's a drama. It's a family drama. Where does it stand when it comes to family dramas is the question. I can't give that away either. We, you know, Darn we'll, it. We'll find out. But I will tell you that these people are not holding back. Mm, well, well, we're not holding back this last special presentation that you got a chance to see. Now, I got a ticket to this during Sundance. We didn't go to Sundance because of various reasons. Thank God COVID was fully um, in our country. And um, Sony Pictures has picked up this film and will be released December 18th. However, in theaters. Sony Picture picture Classics, that is. Mm -hmm. Another short one, In and Out. But I remember reading the description when we were gearing up to go to Sundance. Holy moly, are we really putting Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman together as father <laughs> and daughter? I think I think this was the first one that I clicked on to get that ticket. Mm. Um super excited about it. You also text me the father exclamation point exclamation point. So if you don't know that in critics language, he does not often give an extra exclamation point because that isn't grammatically correct. So I already know I'm spoiling it that you thoroughly something transformative happened to you. So (laughs) let's see what's going on here. And by the way, I have to interject. I was so pleased with um, the two popes and Anthony Hopkins in my low opinion is getting better and better if it's possible. So the question is, is that streak going downhill or are we up and up, especially when you've got the queen at his side? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, let me, since you said that, I, I love this. I, this is one talk that I watched in full after the movie. And it was with Florian Zeller, who is a first time director here. Oh um, my gosh. What a way you, there's, you can't get any better. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, he it's based on a play that he won numerous awards for the play he wrote um, originally in French. Um, then, of course, it was translated into English. So, you know, he adapted his own play, co-wrote it with Christopher Hampton, who is an amazing screenwriter. Um, and and then, of course, first time directing here. So it was him with Olivia Coleman and Anthony Hopkins at this talk. How can you not listen to this? Oh, my God. And. Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman are just the quintessential British actors, which I know you appreciate, Ref, with your training. And they were talking about acting and how, just simplify it. Just go out there, relax, and do your job. Pay attention. It's all in the script. I was in heaven. Oh, you were. You were. I could just see it now. I was in heaven. And even Anthony Hopkins was talking about how now he works with younger actors. He tries to get them to simplify. Do your yes. work. You know, do your work in the script, but when you're on set, let it go. And he was—he even mentioned Meryl Streep talking about this 
when she was working with Clint Eastwood. He was like, look, Meryl Streep said it. It was it was a beautiful talk, I just oh, have to say. Wow. But was the movie as good as the talk is the question. Oh, Now, we have Anthony Hopkins playing the father, whose name is Anthony, or Anthony, <laughs> as they say, Anthony. And he's dealing with memory loss. Um, his daughter, yes, is played by Olivia Coleman. She's Anne. Anne loves her father. But Anthony, look, sometimes you ne- I mean, forget sometimes. You never know what you're going to get from him. He might be mm. charming. He might be fun. He might be loving. He could be fragile. He could be angry. And she's trying to find someone to care for him because she can't stay there with him all day. No carer wants to stay with him. I'll tell you that. Though, oh, boy. Until one shows up who reminds him of his younger daughter. Why? Who is this younger daughter? He wants to see her. Anne is looking at him like, okay, dad, what is that about? And Anne has met someone new. She has a, a boyfriend and mm. she wants to leave and go live with the boyfriend in France. Oh, Okay, she's got to leave her father behind to do this. So, okay. Now, Rufus Sewell plays this boyfriend. Okay. Um, And we have some other great British actors rounding out the cast. Now, you hear that story, and here's what I have to throw in, a little monkey wrench. Maybe everything I said is wrong. Maybe everything I said is untrue. Mm. Because we see this from Anthony's perspective. Mm. And this movie puts you in his place. Unlike a lot of movies about someone who is experiencing dementia later in life, it's not just us from the outside looking at them. You're from the inside looking out. Oh. Mm. So in the beginning, you're like, okay, I think I'm getting this. And then you go, wait a minute. Where am I? (laughs) What am I watching? So you quickly get put in your place. But does that work? I'll tell you this. You can't go wrong with Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman. And I'll say this as well, Ref. Anthony Hopkins was talking about how he was so thankful that they waited for him to do The Father because he was filming The Two Popes. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was talking about how now he's getting all of these great roles and he can't believe his luck. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's Who has- Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman was laughing going, I can't believe you were talking about we're waiting for you and you're getting these great roles. I mean, you're Anthony Hopkins. Right, <laughs> sir, Anthony. Come on, let's get yeah. that right. But he was talking about this script was on par with The Silence of the Lambs when he read it, Remains of the Day when he read it, and mm. some others that he talked about. And he was just saying, at right now, he just can't believe he's working with all of these great people, you know, oh. and it just makes his job easy. That's a hint for my review. A hint. That's as far as I'll go. I didn't even give away everything here. It is transformative, but is it worth the transformation? And and to wrap up, Ref, I just do want to say the three movies that right now are sticking with me from this film festival. The Father, Sound of Metal with Riz, and yes, My Little Sister. I will put it in there. So those are the three I'm still thinking about now. I do also want to say that Farewell Amore was here again. We'd already seen it at Urban World. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a strong one too. Yeah. I think overall, this was a great virtual film festival. The way they, the whole thing, the way it was run, I really enjoyed it. But you know, this is for me. 
Yeah. And I do have to make a correction. I was misspoken. Um, you gave three exclamation points. So if there's any indication of what's going to happen with that review on December 18th, we will certainly hear the transformative experience that you had. Now, we have to thank um, the, uh, you know, African-American uh, Film Critics Association for encouraging us to um, to apply for AFI. We did last year and we did it again this year. And I think it's going to be added to our film festivals, especially if they're going to be offering some virtual experiences, which I'm sure going forward, all the film festivals except for Cannes. <laughs> um, we'll be offering some sort of alternative. It's a way to make money, so why not? Yeah. Um, until next year, this is our last film festival of this year. We will be covering um, various things next year if they allow a virtual experience. But um, we hope hope you enjoyed our review of this festival, and we hope you get a chance to see some of these wonderful independent films that just kind of gives us a break from all the little madness that's happening in our world today. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea, and we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.